Formula One, widely known as the most glamorous and expensive sport in the world, has a long and storied history, but 1976 saw potentially the greatest season in its 71-year history. The season saw the Brit, James Hunt, a cigarette and alcohol-swilling party and playboy, up against the quiet, calculated and very Austrian Nicky Lauda. While they considered themselves close friends off the track, the two competed at the highest level on it. The 1976 season would see triumph and tragedy, victory and defeat, and would leave one of the two permanently disfigured. This is the story of James Hunt, Nicky Lauda, and one of the greatest seasons of any sport the world has ever seen. We're back, boy. Hey, bye. And we are just the two of us. <laughs> That's all we can do because otherwise we'll get copyright struck. That's right. I don't even know what you're referencing. I just said that. Oh, okay. Yeah, good to be back. Uh, Sean Vember was, I'm assuming it was a, a hit. Smash I, hit. Bat I, horse is on the top of the charts. Oh, bat horse. Yeah. No, 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 Bat horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I feel like we mucked around quite a lot in those two. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think the second one more so because we were like bouncing off each other yeah. quite a lot and yeah. it seemed like Sean was getting a little bit frustrated, but that's- That's part of the fun That's with part him. of the fun, especially when it's two on one. I mean, yeah. I am feeling relaxed, boy. I've had a, a rainforest getaway. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. It rained the whole time. Well, that's how it happens in a we, rainforest. We had about two hours where it's it wasn't in, raining. It's in the name. Yep. Rain. Really lived up forest. to its name. Yep. <laughs> but uh, feeling good. Nice and relaxed. That's good. Good to yeah. hear. Yeah. We, uh, we should sound a bit better this time, too. Ooh, Got wh- some- why is that? There's some extra things in the land room I've noticed. I mean, I would hope that you notice wait, them. Wait. They're right in front of your face. <laughs> Got a- deductive powers. <laughs> Detective John has solved the case. <laughs> there are mic stands, which mean you have two free hands so that you shouldn't spill your beer. <laughs> You've been busy. You've been on a shopping spree. Yeah, and we have pop filters, so we yeah. can say things like, puh, without blowing out eardrums. Hopefully. Mm. So, here we go. So, that's investment for you, listeners. And uh, without without sponsors, so that's right. That's how committed I am. <laughs> Speaking of uh, of podcasts, got a great story for you. Yeah, from my job. Okay. Uh, so my employer, name omitted, uh, has just started sponsoring a podcast as like branching out. Not this one. I know how how rude. I know it's unbelievable. But um, is the is the actual podcast like the sponsoring a little bit bigger than? Oh, significantly. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's about. A hundred times bigger. Oh, so, they can easily do two and include us as well. <laughs> anyway, I, so, I got to, I, I listened to the, like, they sent through the, oh, this is our ad read for you. And um, one of the things that we have been widely criticized for uh, is breath noises. Like, so, oh, okay. <laughs> this thing comes through and they're talking about the company and they're like, this episode brought to you by company name. <laughs> Just like the <laughs> deepest breath I've ever heard. I'm like, what? what is this? Why is this not been edited out? And everyone's like, oh, this guy has a podcast and now he's got an opinion. I'm like, can you not hear it? Like, it's just breath. And everyone's finally like, okay, yeah, we hear it now. Yeah, the more they hear it, the more. Yeah. I mean, okay, if we do a poll through the office. Yeah. Who's got the high listens in the office? In the office? Oh, unbelievably in my favour. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, where's the sponsorship? I mean, to Come be on, fair. company name. Get your <laughs> Company name. Most of the listeners are in the company. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, it's not, that's not great for sponsorship. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I just thought that was funny. No, it could be because then it might uh, give those listeners like a more- My company's not sponsoring us. Reason to, <laughs> to share our podcast because it's- Sure. Sure. Sponsoring their own company. Let's try and get a fan base first before we start okay. shilling off the people we work for. <laughs> no point asking my company to, to sponsor us. They're a multinational company. They don't yeah, want them. Yeah, they don't care. No. All right, boy. So, let's let's get into this one. Oh, I actually have one more shout out. This, uh, this shout out is to a guy that I usually only see about twice a year. On the train? No. Oh. Uh, Sean? A guy- No. <laughs> That's sad. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> No, a guy a guy from my work, he has a birthday party every year that's just like, you know, we go out to a pub or whatever. And one of his friends, I see him at that event once a year and maybe party. at Christmas, yeah, like right. maybe. Anyway, lovely guy. I don't think I've ever seen him sober, but <laughs> I, I rock up. Probably a completely different person, absolute jerk sober. Oh, I bet he's lovely. Oh, okay. He's, he's one of the greatest people when you meet him. He's just like super lovely, but he bails me up 
at this guy's birthday party. And he's like, oi. I'm like, oh, hey, mate. Good to see you. He goes, yeah. Listen to your podcast. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> I was like, oh, you listen to it. He's like, yeah, mate. Yeah, I got the guy whose birthday it is put me onto you. Put me onto it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I've talked about Mason before. So, yeah, yeah it's Mason's mate. Right. And um, well, you're gonna, are you going to name him as well now since you've yeah, I was getting to it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Francis, nice to speak to you again. This is the third time for a year, so that's lovely. But uh, thanks for your listen, mate. Cheers, Francis. Appreciate it. I've never <laughs> met you, but we appreciate you. I. It was just nice to have people that I barely know yeah. who are like, you all listen to it, mate. Yeah, that's mm. good. That's cool. Mm. Yeah. So let's get into it, boy. All right, Formula One. What now, do you know anything about this? They go fast. Vroom, vroom. Oh, do you mean the actual season or just Formula the 1? The season. Have you seen the film Rush starring no. one of the, I want to say Worthingtons, but it's Hemsworth. not Worthington because I'm thinking Corey Worthington. Hemsworth. Yeah, the Hemsworth Isn't lad. it Chris Hemsworth? It is Chris. Thor, and yep. you got really skinny for it? Yeah. I've, have you seen the film? No, I have not seen the film. That's a shock. Have you seen the film? I have seen the film. Oh, so we're talking about a movie that you've seen. I know, isn't it strange? I, haven't. I know. What a, what a, what a What's twist. going on? We're in the Twilight Zone. Yeah. All right. Well, let me give you a little bit of background on Formula Uh. All right. Hit me with your pun. All right. Take me on a lovely Sunday drive, boy. That's not what they do. All right. Let me try again. Start your engines. That's an obvious one. No, I can't use it now. All right, boy. Spin the wheels up and let's go. No, stop giving me ideas. Let me come up with it myself. It's going to be a bad pun. All right, boy. Put the tires on it. Fill it with fuel. Send it away. All right, boy. Let's see that green light. There you let's go. go. Let's get to the checkered flag. Yep, That's another let's one. Get to the checkered flag. Yeah. All right. So, brief introduction to Formula Uh. Um, it's got its roots in pre World War Europe. Uh, so, Grand Prix racing occurred there in the 1920s and 30s. Uh, but when World War II broke out, it was pretty clear that international motorsport should probably take a backseat. <laughs> uh, so, things were put on hold until they could sort out the little squabbles. You know, see our previous episodes about World War II because apparently now we're a World War II podcast. Um, yeah, right, yeah. Referencing it just about every episode these days. So, pre-World War II, hmm. were, what international countries were taking place in it? Because I'm assuming Mercedes was a, was around. Yeah. So, it was just like a European so manufacturers. German. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. And a lot of people that you wouldn't know of now either. You know? Oh, okay. Like, I think maybe Alfa Romeo was there. Yeah, right. Maybe. Well, the main one I was thinking of was like a German yeah. company like Mercedes. Yeah. It was, it was largely just like rich guys and cars. Right. And they're like. So, not even so much companies, just rich guys. Yeah, and they're just like, oh, let's race our cars from this city to this city. Oh, they did it from city to city, like not tracks or anything? Oh, like they would do track. Like, it'd be okay. just a circuit between a city and another city. Like, you know, Le Mans? Yeah. Like, the, the world's most famous race. Yeah. Le Mans was literally just driving from the town of Le Mans to somewhere else and back. That's kind of cool, because you, you don't yeah. really have that anymore, do you? No. Like, our most famous race, which is- Bathurst. This weekend? No, next, next weekend. Week. It's, it's a normal day road. Yeah. But it's not, you don't go anywhere. You just go no, up a mountain. It is literally just down. a drive around a mountain. Yeah. That'd be cool though. Like you have a, having a race of like, oh, you race from Ipswich to Brisbane and back. Like, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. And it would take like eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the cars could do like 30 Ks an hour. Yeah. And it's like three laps and it takes yeah. eight hours. But that's, that's cool. Like, I've never known races that would, you actually go yeah. from one place to another. It's that's, just where it, that's where it all like came a, from. Yeah. yeah. Closed circuit. Yeah. That's cool. So, once everyone was able to get on the same page again, uh, a world championship was arranged and began in 1950. The sport has always been largely based in Europe, but during its 71-year history has raced in 33 countries across all continents except Antarctica. Antarctic Grand Prix not on the calendar this year. I mean, it would prove an interesting challenge. <laughs> get them down there, race them, get them back. Oh, well, the race is getting to Antarctica and back, so they're just doing laps on a boat. Sure. <laughs> So, while motorsport has always been the playground of the rich, it's almost unbelievable how much money goes into Formula One these days. So, an average budget for a middle-tier team, so not like your top end of town, like Ferrari and Mercedes, is estimated to be about 120 million US dollar dues, uh, which is roughly uh, $119,999,900 more than the budget for this show. <laughs> so, just put that in perspective. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, you blown the budget last week. <laughs> the mic stands and... Uh, when... When Formula One, yeah, I have put a bit of money into it, but still yeah. not Formula One money. No. Um, when Formula One itself was sold in tw- in 2017, it was sold for $8 billion. Uh, and global car brands like Jump Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Elon Musk could buy a few Formula Ones. Yeah. 
Um, global car brands like Mercedes, Ferrari, Honda, Aston Martin, and Renault are involved. So it's not hard to see why this sport attracts the glitz and glamour that we see today. Uh, quite frequently on the grid, you'll see uh, international celebrities like David Beckham, Will Smith, Megan The Stallion, who I don't know, but was what? at a Grand Prix the other day. Who's that? Don't don't boom yourself, boy. Don't just okay. go past it. All right. And so many more wandering between the cars. <laughs> hey, I want to know who that is, Neil. Some singer, rapper, I don't know. From BTS? I can tell that- No, it's okay. a, a woman. I, I imagine Jazz is screaming right now at me. Um, so, sorry, Jazz. But- um, Not the chick, like the holographic chick with the bunny ears? No. Okay. No. So, while Formula One today is big business, Formula One in the 1970s was just starting to get some global appeal that it's got today. Um, the sport is being rearranged into a business at the time, uh, focusing on commercial rights, such as television coverage and big sponsorship. Uh- while this was happening, though, little had been done to change the circuits and cars to improve safety. Uh, at the time, this was seen as part of the appeal, uh, with drivers putting it all on the line to chase the thrill of a win. Um, this, however, was changing, with drivers such as Nicky Lauda starting to push for change, sick of seeing their friends literally die. Well, that is a track. name I do recognise. I do recognise that name. Yeah, so you should recognise Lauda. Yeah. Um, I mean, not should. I'm sure most people don't, so, but... Obviously, like you said, safety's not... A huge thing, like how what you got statistics on safety no. issues before? No, but it was said like in the fifties and sixties, one in two would die. Oh, like over a season or just in their career? In their career, yeah, right. They would they average about a third of the field would die a year in the first few years. That's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was just the way it was back then. It was like ah, you know, good old boys get out there, die, come back. Uh, yeah. Okay. Not something like no, okay. it's insane, isn't it? I just imagine now because the sport I play now is cricket. I just can't imagine being like go play cricket and the people you play Half with the team dies. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like I don't want to play this. Yeah, I think I might give this a breather. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. So that was the world um that they were in glitz and glamour alongside death. Pretty standard stuff for for the no, 1970s. Not, I don't mean to laugh at death, but yeah, just the pretty, way you said that. Yeah. But uh, who are these two guys that I'm talking about? Uh, well, lucky for you, boy. Did some research. Oh, lucky me. Mm. So let's start with James Hunt, because he was the first born in uh, 1947, to a father who worked as a stockbroker in London, uh, continuing the trend of racing drivers born to rich parents. He lived in Surrey, Sutton and Belmont throughout his youth, all wealthy areas. And as you might expect for a beer-swilling, womanising party boy, he was a hyperactive and rebellious kid, <laughs> educated through the private school system of the UK. He was competitive throughout his younger years, teaching himself to play tennis and squash to a high level. While he wasn't the best student by any measure, he was considered hot, and as is the way, <laughs> was quite popular and did well with the ladies. Yeah, right. This would continue throughout his career. Oh, I wish you could see the way Aaron said hot then. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Hot. It was hot. <laughs> what? Go look up James Hunt. You'll understand. <laughs> Whoa. She flipped me off. Wow. Yeah. He saw his first race at Silverstone, and by saw, I mean actually like was there and witnessed his first race uh, at Britain's most famous racing circuit on his 18th birthday and was immediately hooked. He decided he wanted to be the Formula One world champion, though when telling his parents, found them to be staunchly opposed to the idea. I mean- this day and age now, like, 18's a bit late to be starting that. Like, they've yeah. got kids racing at, like, six and seven. Now, yeah, like. go-karting. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is in the days when, like, I guess cars were just starting to become, like, a big deal. Mm. This is, like, the mid-70s. No, this would be, like, if it was 47, no. it'd be, like, the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. 65. If he was 18. So, Hunt, already decided, uh, described as a rebel, uh, decided to work odd jobs buy a wrecked Mini, and start building it up. I like this guy now. I like this guy now. I knew that would get you. Yeah. Bought himself a wrecked Mini and started building it up to racing club events over the next two years. Very very popular car to to race in. Yeah. Mini, because they cornered very well. If this was in about 65... Basically a go-kart. If this was like in the mid-60s, this would be like one of the earlier Minis. Yeah. Like the old... I don't know what... It would have been one of the original ones, yeah. Yeah, but like some of the original ones had a... Like key in the in the bonnet, yeah. or like, and you yeah, put the key in the front and pull up the handbrake, and there's a button to start it. Like, yeah, some weird things like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, you got me hooked now. You mentioned minis. <laughs> I mean, 
So he built up this uh, built up this car over two years. Yeah, tell me more about the mini. I don't have much more about it because <sighs> you he- knew that was going to draw me in, and you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Because he gets to his first race, right? He's like, yes, I'm going to enter my first race. He wrecks this it. It's going to be sick. He wrecks it. No, he failed scrutineering because his uh, driver's seat was a lawn chair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't have to do a lot of weight saving in a mini, but yeah. I mean, that's pretty. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, you know what? Can't be bothered finding. I'll, I'll do it in a British accent. Oi, you know what? Can't be bothered finding a chair. I can't do it. It's- he, was- he sounds much more posh than that. Right. But he's like, yeah, can't be bothered finding a real. Like a, like a royal. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be bothered. There, there you go. That's the one. Go. Shan't be bothered finding a driver's seat. <laughs> I'll just buy a lawn chair. <laughs> so, in 1968, Hunt moved to Formula Ford, the entry-level tier uh, of open-wheel motorsport. He got a reputation for huge accidents, earning himself the nickname Hunt the Shunt. One race even <laughs> ended with him in a lake, and he may have drowned if he'd had a seatbelt, which he couldn't afford. Sounds like he'd be good on Forza. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like Forza's built around him. Yeah. So, despite his drive to win and perhaps causing many of the accidents he had, Hunt was often so terrified of racing that he would chuck a vom in the garage before a race and shake so much on the grid that his car would vibrate. Yeah. (laughs) So, this guy's like, I'm a racing driver. I want to be the world (laughs) champion. Chuck's a massive vom before the race. And he's vibed like... People yeah, shaking in the car, sh- and the car's shaking with him. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that was not in the Mini. Like, this no, is, like, this is in the Formula, Formula Ford. I mean, maybe in the Mini. I but- mean, well, one of the fun things I used to do with my Mini was like, you'd sit in and rock it, and you'd, mm. you'd be rocking it, like, a lot. It doesn't take much. Because they weigh nothing. Yeah. They weigh a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just reminds me of another um, well-known sports person who used to vomit before every match. Who's that? Alan Langer. Oh, really? Every match. Alfie. Yep. Sean loves Alfie. Every match, it was said that Alfie would have a vom before every match. Just a champion's chuck. I mean, oh, guys, esophagus would be just absolutely yeah. wrecked, wouldn't it? Like, yeah, gross. I don't want to think about doing that, eh? Vomiting. It's just all the time. Or playing football. <laughs> I'd die if I played football. You probably would. Yeah. Snapped in half in a minute. So, Hunt wasn't overly successful in the early years of his career, but did make an important friend. Lord Alexander Hesketh, uh, who shared Hunt's love of partying, alcohol, and beautiful women. <laughs> All right, that's a match made in heaven. Yeah. Despite having no experience with cars or racing, or racing, Hesketh decided to start a team of his own and hired Hunt to drive for him. What? A, what? Beautiful. Oi, you! You're fun. Get in me car. Yeah. <laughs> Go race my car. Very Go quick. race my car. <laughs> How many times did he crash before he went? Oi, you're too expensive. <laughs> uh. So, the team would work their way up the ranks with Hunt at the wheel through Formula 3 and Formula 2, however, didn't have much success. They did have success downing more champagne than fuel during a weekend, (laughs) and they had a reputation for having more women than mechanics in their garage. Wow. Yeah. Reminds me of our old mate Ben Guggenheim from the Titanic episode. This sounds like the uh, racing team to be on. Yeah, sounds like the one to be with, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Just booze and babes. Success? What's that? Who cares? I yeah. mean, some would argue that they are the most successful. They were the most successful team. They do seem a lot like a modern Formula One team, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Just like modern Formula One teams, very professional. But then out the back, it's like, oh, what celebrities are in the garage today? Oh, let's go have a beer. That well, sort of stuff. Well, they are celebrities in themselves, aren't they? The Formula yeah. One drivers really like, especially- Not the mechanics, though. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So- Hesketh decided he was having so much fun, he wanted to up the stakes and move the team into Formula One in 1973. Oh, you can just do that. You can just yeah, decide you just to- keep You going. don't have to yeah. be successful. All you had to do back in these days was just build have a car. Money. Oh, okay. Well, yes, have money, basically. You had to buy your way in, so you had to buy like a license. But as long as you could do that, you're fine. As you might expect from their history, they did not do well at all. <laughs> the team had relative success when they managed to finish a race- but they retired for more races than they finished. Somehow, they managed to get a win in 1975, Ooh. earning the begrudging respect of the field. What, 10 years later? Is it about 10 years later after they no, started? that's their third season. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. But still, like, the 1974 season, it was like, I think, four races finished and 12 retired. Yeah. Yeah. And we're working up to the 76 season. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. so 75 is the season before. Yep. But 
the party had to end, with Lord Hesketh unable to pay the bills to keep the team running past the oh, 1975 no, season. He spent all his money yeah. on women and drugs and Too alcohol. Much alcohol. Yep. Not enough. Probably race fuel. Probably a lot of uh, car repairs in there yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> with Hunt driving. Uh, lucky for Hunt, and for us in the end, the successful, not retirement prone, famous McLaren team had an opening for 1976, and Hunt was the only driver with experience left in the field. He took the seat and put in place put in place the first piece of the puzzle for our story today. Another racing movie, Ford versus Ferrari. Mm-hmm. I've not seen that. That is based on the 1968 Le Mans. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. What's that based on? Has that got any relevance to our story? Great story. Great story. It, any relevance to our story no, today? none whatsoever. So no Just the fact that drivers or it's anything? Ferrari. Okay. Yeah, no, not really. All right. Great story, though. Yeah. Would I'd, recommend. I do mean to watch that at some point. Just... Yeah. I I might keep it for a future episode. Okay. Mm. I'll hold off watching it then. Mm. Become a racing, a World War II and racing (laughs) podcast. That one will probably start with racing stopped for World War II. (laughs) So, we've uh, we've talked about Hunt the Shunt. (laughs) It's a great name. I know. It's so good. Let's talk about Nicky the Rat. So, Nicky Lauder had a fairly similar upbringing, also born to rich parents, his family being industrialists in Europe. His grandfather was even knighted by the Austrian Emperor in 1916. Wow. Yeah. Nicky had an eerily similar childhood to Hunt, also not being very good in school, having to go so far as to fake a high school diploma to show his parents to allow him to finish school. Things were different, though, in the looks department, where Hunt- (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's pretty rude. (laughs) Rough. Where Hunt was handsome and sought after, Lauda got the unfortunate nickname of The Rat. This, too, would carry on through his life. Nicky, if you're listening, I'm sorry for Aaron's... He's dead, boy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask that, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, RIP. Well, family and friends of Nicky, if you're listening. Yes. Sorry for Aaron's rudeness towards you. That's not rude. They called him the rat. Okay. He I'm sure it. his friend, friends and family didn't. I'm sure they didn't love it, but he was like, yeah, whatever, rats are smart. Okay. Yeah. They're not very quick. Uh, I'd argue that rats are pretty quick. You try and catch a rat. Let's put that on the socials. <laughs> I think I could catch a rat. John catches a rat. You think you could catch a rat? I've caught one before with the help of my dog. I'm talking by yourself with your hands. I don't want to. It's a rat. Sounds like it's sucking out. Okay. Catch a rat boy. Coming this December. <laughs> a man. A rat. A race. <laughs> as long as I stop and uh, have Everyone, a- could you please slam socials this week and get that happening? <laughs> as long as I can stop and have an apple and then maybe a little nap and... <laughs> Have a little, uh, little strychnine. Hang on, let, yeah, let both of us have strychnine and see who wins. <laughs> see who lives. <laughs> I really want to see you race a rat. I want to see you race a rat so bad. So bad it hurts. I think I've just found what I want to do for New Year's. <laughs> so, continuing the similarities, Louder's parents also didn't want him to pursue a career in motorsport and refused to assist him in achieving his goal. Thankfully, though, he had a supportive uncle, Uncle Hines, who pushed him to follow his dreams. Great old Funkle. Old Funkle. It's Nikki, a fun uncle, if you didn't know. Yeah. Nicky eventually managed to secure a loan, which had his own life insurance policy as the collateral. That's the level of uh, life expectancy of a Formula One driver, boy. Yeah, right. Yeah, where they're like, mm, if you die trying to achieve your goal, you'll just have life insurance and that will pay for this loan. Wow. Yeah. Um, his first vehicle... Was a mini oh. exactly the same as Hunt? Yes, because it's a great car. Except this one had a real driver's seat. Okay, what you? Uh, I want to say 1965. Okay, mm. was it a Cooper? Yeah. yeah well, well, no, his first one wasn't. So he bought, he got a V Dub first. Boo! Crashed it into a mini the first time he took it out. Yeah. Had to swap his V Dub for the destroyed mini. Built the mini back up, sold it, bought a better mini, and that's. How he got his start. You need to race. get details on these minis for me, boy. You got to tell me if it's. It was a, a Mini Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. I think it was a 1965. I, th- I think most of the racing minis were Coopers because they were obviously the racing spec. They had the, fast boys. They had the disc brakes and the bigger engines and yeah. So he would get his start racing hill climbs in the mini, followed by racing in a Porsche 911. Very good hill climb car because mm. they're so light. Eventually, securing himself a seat in the factory-backed Formula V or Formula Volkswagen. Okay, I was going to ask, what's that? Is it like Formula 5? Yeah. Is that Roman numerals? Or? It was the, essentially the same as Formula Ford, like Hunt had been in. So, back into the Beetle? In Europe. Into a bug? No, it was an open wheeler. Oh, like right. a, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was a Formula car, so... Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and he got that seat in 1969. Nice. Um, he would go on to win two races in Formula Still V. Still got that nice button. Nice. Nice. He'd go on to win two races in Formula V and earn himself a ride in Formula 3 in 1970. It was here that Hunt and Lauda would meet and actually become pretty good friends. Not really well known. Uh, a lot of people sort of skip over this fact when they're telling this story. Um, but these two were actually quite good friends throughout their career. Uh, just the public side of it was their competition. Uh, I mean, when you just don't expect people to be friends when they're fighting for a world title, right? Like, you just you don't expect them I to would, get along. I would assume it happens more often than you think because you're both in the same field. Mm. You're doing the same thing. Like, yeah. you've got, you got a lot in common. Mm. You'd think that most of them- A lot of people become friends after they finish races. Unless, unless there's been some sort of incident where mm. they've had a fight or- Yeah. So, yeah, they would, um, they would actually meet regularly in the paddock throughout their careers uh, and would stay friends after the whole shebang was over. Yeah. Um, noise. Noise. Lauda would win two races in 1970 uh, before taking out another bank loan of £30,000 against his life insurance to secure a seat in a Formula 2 car with the March team. Due to these decisions, he was no longer speaking with his family. They did not approve. That's a bit sad, but chasing dreams, good on him. Yeah. Um, Lauda impressed at March, quickly earning himself a seat in their Formula 1 team for 1972. That's a team that doesn't exist anymore, is it? No, it is not. Um... One thing with Formula One is that basically the teams that exist now have pretty much existed for like 60 years in various formats. Yeah, well, they're all car manufacturers that exist now. Not not all of them because it's Red Bull, obviously, isn't it? Yeah. There's ones that don't actually produce cars, but the teams themselves in one form or another, like changing hands, just like being sold, being bought, they've pretty much all existed for like 60 years. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, that's like Formula One is just, they just sell and buy stuff and keep going. Days, anyway. I don't understand it. It's obviously big business, lots of money. Like we yeah, they're all businesses. Now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Lauda's impressive driving could do little to help the fledgling March team. And Lauda convinced the team principal at another team, BRM, to buy his contract for 1973, taking on yet another loan to secure it. His success would ultimately lead to Enzo Ferrari taking interest, signing the quick youngster to a deal in 1974, and alongside the new driver, began rebuilding the team. So, in enters Ferrari. Um, results started to come in 1974 with a second place in his first race with Ferrari and a first win in the fourth race. Are you gonna, every time you say Ferrari, are you going to say like that? Yes, I am. Get prepared for that, people. <laughs> Despite being quick, though, the team failed to win enough to fight for the title. The tide changed in the middle of 1975, though, as the team unveiled a new car midway through the season, winning four of the Grand Prix in the second half to secure his first World Drivers' Championship. They could just do that. They could just go, here's a new car. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they could do it now. It's just like regulations are a lot tougher and they spend so much more to build a car. Okay. I just didn't. I just thought it would be some sort of rule somewhere that you start in this car. Obviously, if it's a crash or something. But But as long as like, as long as the new car fits the regulations, you're good to go. Okay. Yeah. And so heading into the 1976 season, we have. I just thought of something. Yeah. Go on. So when you say the car. Meets the regulations. Mm. Is that homogulation? No, you're thinking oh. homologation. Oh. That's when you've got- I thought I was going to be all fancy bringing up <laughs> some sort of racing term. Homologation is when you have like a road a road car based race car. Oh, okay. And you have to sell a certain number of the road car equivalent okay. to make the car- That's legal. what that means. Yeah. yeah. So Formula One cars are not that. <laughs> not that at <laughs> all. You imagine buying one of those just to drive in the road. So annoying. Oh no, a speed bump. I would love, is, well, there is a car similar to that that I would love to buy, which is the Ariel Adam. I'd, love, yeah, to, I'd love, love to get one of those. Just for, like, if you've got no idea what a Formula One car looks like, just go and Google Formula One it's and an, then Google 1976. It's a Formula fighter jet one. with wheels. Yeah. Big wings, upside down wing, keeps the car on the oh, track. That's, the, like, that, that's probably not the, I'm thinking of the Formula One cars today, but that back then, that's different style, isn't it? That, that's like the iconic, it's more rounded. You're thinking the cigar cars with no wings? That was like no, the 60s. No, no, I'm not thinking of those at all. I'm thinking yeah. like the Winfield Yeah, car, it's that like sort of era. That yeah. iconic Formula One. Yeah, like massive yeah. wings, big yeah. tyres, big airbox over the top. Like I said, the one I think yeah. of is the white and red Winfield. Yeah. I think you're thinking Marlborough. That's the one I'm thinking of, yeah. I knew it was some sort of smoke. That was James Hunt's car. Oh, there you go. Mm. I think I had a um, slot car version of it. Yeah, probably. So, yeah, heading into the 1976 season, we've got James Hunt poised for his first season in a competitive car, and the reigning world champ, the rat, 
poised to continue his winning ways. Everything was coming together for a memorable season, but nobody could predict just how chaotic it would be. What, what was that? Uh, that was my um, dramatic oh, pronouncer voice. Okay. All right. Did it work? <laughs> Are you excited? No, not really. Well. The story's got me excited, not the voice. Well. All right. I'm just trying to jazz things yeah, up. Okay. Like, no, fair enough. We're in episode 13. It's unlucky. We're going to change up the formula. Ooh. This is our formula. Huh? <laughs> formula 13. So, the 1976 season. Are you liking either of these guys? Well, they, so both had, they both started in minis. I like both of them. <laughs> I think, like, <laughs> naturally people are going to like Hunt more because it's like... Because he's hot. Hot boy. Hot stuff coming through. No, it's... Because nah, he's just more fun. Nah, nah, Nicky's my man. He's yeah. in a Ferrari. Ferrari. He built his mini. In- just, so, just so people understand, the reason I keep harping on the mini is my first car was a mini. I love yeah. minis. My dad had a mini. Yeah, I've still got one in the garage that I need to do a lot of work on. But yeah. I do love them. I would love to see you get that thing up and running. <sighs> They're a great car. So yeah. fun. There's so, a lot more room inside them than people think. They think it's all squishy, but it's actually quite spacious. Yeah, inside. I remember it being pretty big inside. Yeah. Mm. So I, I'm more of a James Hunt fan. Okay. Um, because Ooh, we've got he, competition going on here, have we? Yeah. He is just a lot more fun. So in one interview- <laughs> Let's be real. You've got a crush on him. He's a hot thing. <laughs> um, no, so he's like- He's just this smooth talker British guy who's like always got a cigarette hanging out his mouth. Like half the interviews, he's like got it sticking out. He's like talking through a cigarette. He's always got like a bottle of champagne somewhere. And um, <laughs> there was this one interview with him. A couple and, like, of babes hanging off his arms. I mean, usually. But there's this one interview with him where they get like Sir Sterling Moss, who's like this very sophisticated British Formula One driver from like the 50s and 60s. And um, well, with a name like that, I imagine he would be. Yeah, so he's, like, interviewing Hunt, and he's like, oh, you know, you've managed to stay very quick with the regulation changes to the aero and airbox uh, this season. Um, what what do you think it is that's kept you being fast? And Hunt, just without a second, like, without a second, just goes, oh, just big balls. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Moss is like, we can't use that. And he's like, well, what do you mean? It's true. It's got big balls. Yes. And so they're like, we have to start this again. And he's like, all right then. And so they ask him the question, and then he's like, oh, you know, it's because the team's very good at expecting the regulation change. And it's like a very boring answer. But his first one's just like, balls. <laughs> Tell me that's on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, you can see. It's yeah. hilarious. Okay, cool. We'll put it on the link tree this week. All right. <laughs> so good. Big balls. <laughs> so yeah, that's why I like Hunt. I thought you were going to say, I wasn't expecting that. I thought he might have entered with, I just pushed the pedal hard. <laughs> Give it some jandle, mate. Give it some juice. Got a lead foot. What's that, what's Aussie slang for going for? I can't think of any at the moment. Well, I mean, there's pedal to the metal. That's, that's not really Aussie slang. Just fang it. Yeah, fang it. Just, just, just fang it. I just fang it, mate. <laughs> well, you got to remember, he's like fancy British. He just said big balls. And- yeah, he's not very fancy. <laughs> he's like a preppy private school kid. And he's like, yeah, big balls, mate. <laughs> Sucking on his cigarette. <laughs> So, the 1976 season began in we Brazil. Yeah, we haven't even got to I know. the- I know. Okay. We're 44 minutes oh, into recording, geez. and we're getting to the actual point of this episode. you love Formula One. I do love Formula One. And this season and these guys are just so cool. But, season begins in Brazil, with James Hunt qualifying first, and Nicky Lauda alongside in second. The duo battled with Lauda's teammate and a driver from the Shadow Team, which is the best team name ever. Is that, like, that was the actual name yeah, of the Shadow. team? Yeah, Shadow. It wasn't just, yeah. like- no. A secretive team or something. No, it's okay. just called The Shadow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Louder's teammate and The Shadow driver took each other out, leaving Louder in the lead with Hunt behind. Ultimately, Louder would win after Hunt's car had a stuck throttle, which caused him to crash. This put Louder in front in the championship. This would continue through the next two races, with uh, in South Africa and the US, with Louder winning both races and Hunt only managing to finish second in South Africa. This left Louder with a massive lead heading to Spain. Hunt, however, would power past to take the win after a strong middle part of the race. So, is that Monaco? No. That's different. No. This is Spain. Monaco is Monaco. Why do I think Monaco was a city in Spain? Monaco hangs off the bottom of France. Yeah, okay, that's weird. Okay, sorry. 
The drama for the season ratcheted up at this point, though, as Hunt's car was found to be too wide by just 1.8 centimetres after the race and was disqualified. Hunt and his team argued that this had no effect on performance, but Lauder and the Ferrari team disagreed and protested. Politics was rearing its ugly head, as it usually does. That is a very major part yeah. of Formula 1, isn't it? Politics, yeah. In the end, months after the fact, Hunt's win was reinstated and he was awarded the points. One great Hunt moment as well is that he shows up to the next race and he's got one of those wide load <laughs> things that's on the back of trucks. Just, yeah. <laughs> he's stuck that on the back of his car. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't an extra centimetre be like detrimental because it would be more drag? Nah, because the wider the car, the better oh, the stability. Right, for yeah. cornering and stuff. Yeah. yeah. They had to rebuild the whole thing and like remanufacture it so it was skinnier. It's like a big really? deal. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Um, the next four Grand Prix would go by without any uh, without anything out of the usual. That was terrible English, but you get the point. Nothing weird happened. <laughs> um, with Lauda getting two more wins to bring his total to four for the season, that maths doesn't make sense. Earlier, I said he won the first three races. He only won two, and I didn't edit that out. <laughs> I wouldn't have picked up on it, boy. Yeah. So, Lauda's got four wins. Hunt's only got two, but he's also failed to finish a few races. So, Lauda's 26 points ahead, and a win is only worth nine. So, he's more than two races ahead at this point. So, if he doesn't finish two races and Hunt wins them both, he's still not yep. in the lead. Yep. The next ha race, however, was Great Britain, the home of Hunt. Isn't the home of both of them? No. Lauda's from Austria. Oh, you never covered that. Didn't I? No. Oh, you said they were both from, like, preppy school and very similar. And yeah, just one in Austria. Okay. Anyway, there you go. Loudest from Austria. I said at the start, he's, he's very Austrian. Why would I say that if he's not Austrian? Did you say that? Yeah. The very Austrian Nicky Lauder. Okay. I'm, I missed that part. <sighs> anyway, so they get to Great Britain. It's Hunt's home race. Lauder took pole. Hunt in second. They were off the line. Lauder's teammate got a great start from third and eventually ran into Lauder. So the two Ferraris ran into each other basically at the first corner. Um, Lauder's teammate spun taking out Hunt and another driver. This caused so much debris on the on the track that the race had to be restarted. Lucky. Controversially, Hunt was able to restart in a spare car. The restart took place and the race went on with Lauda leading from Hunt comfortably until Lauda had gearbox problems and Hunt stormed past into the lead in front of an adoring and loud home crowd. Mm -hmm. What a drive to go from crashed to winning the race. Well, it wasn't to be. Because Ferrari and a number of other teams argued that it was against the rules for Hunt to restart the race in a spare car. The FIA, the governing body of Formula One, found that that was, in fact, correct. He should not have been able to restart. And so the win was stripped from Hunt and given to Lauda. Politics 2, drivers nil. Seems everything's going... Against Hunt, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's been on both sides of it now. So, well, yeah, he's, he had the points for Spain given back to him. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense. If the car's wider than the regulations, it doesn't make sense that they're just like, yeah, all right. But, but anyway. ori originally, both decisions are against him. Yeah, but he gets the points back for Spain. He loses the points for Britain. However, he lost the points, like, months later. So, like, there's rounds go past, and he's still got these points, and then eventually they get taken away, and suddenly he's further back. Anyway, I, I just I skipped over that when I was writing the rest of it, but throughout the season, he thinks he's got more points than yeah, he does. But, yeah, that seems not good. <laughs> Well, because this, like, these things go to court. Okay. Like, actual court in Europe. Right. Yeah. So, like, instead of a murder case, they'll be like, all right, so that guy killed that guy. Next, next up. Next case. McLaren versus Ferrari <laughs> in Formula One. Yeah. You were getting picked for the jury for that, or is it just the judge? Just I think it's just a judge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, this left Lauda with a 35-point lead heading to the German Grand Prix. This seemed a convincing lead, and many had already handed the championship to Lauda. However, the biggest twist of the season would happen in Germany, with Lauda at the centre of it. Man, I'm getting a lot of these moments today. <laughs> Setting yourself up. Cliffhanger. So we get to Germany, 1976. And I should say it's West Germany at this point. This is still in the Cold War. Yeah, right. Yeah. So heading into the race, Lauda held concerns over the ability of the German Grand Prix organisers to hold the event safely. The track was 23 kilometres, or 14 miles, long. About three times longer than any other track in the championship. So that's... Yo. That is a long track, even for, you know, the olden days of Formula 1. And what's that? What, what, why does that... A uh, regular circuit is like five point something kilometres long, right? But, but why... So, because the track was so long, the organisers only had about a quarter of the marshals, medical services, and firefighters required to meet the regulations for a Grand Prix. Okay, so, you have why. to have yeah. people at a, a certain point around yeah. the track. 
Yeah, and so despite this, the FIA and Formula One were like, no, this race is going ahead. And Lauda tried to organise a boycott of the race with the other drivers, um, even getting to the point of holding a vote on whether they would strike and not compete. Uh, however, the drivers voted to race, and so they would. They just want to go fast. Yeah. They just want to go fast. Just want to go fast. If you aim first, you're last. <laughs> <laughs> Love that movie. Talladega Nights, boy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay, good. So, Hunt and Lauda would start first and second. However, a rainy start to the race muddled up the order immediately. The track then dried up on the first lap. So that's how long this track is. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's taking like eight minutes to half do a lap. Half the track's raining and the other half isn't. It's taking like eight minutes to do a lap. So it dried up. Most drivers pitted for dry tyres, including Lauda and Hunt. On the second lap, Lauda was approaching a turn when he had a suspected rear suspension failure, sending him crashing into the barriers before bouncing back onto the track, where he was hit by two other cars from behind. His car burst into flames, with Lauda trapped by his seatbelt inside. His helmet had also come loose, leaving him with no protection from the flames and toxic gases. Four drivers, including the two who had hit him, raced to the car to try and get him out, eventually freeing him from the car and pulling him from the flames. The race was stopped and Lauda was sent to hospital in a critical condition, with third-degree burns to his head, face and neck, as well as burnt lungs from the gases. He had been able to stand immediately after the incident, which is astonishing, but had fallen into a coma shortly afterwards. The race would be restarted and Hunt would win. The circuit would never be used again in Formula 1. What, what circuit was that? Do we know the name? Like, that was would the, I recognise it if you... That was, you would, the Nürburgring Nordschleife. Okay, I do recognise that, yeah. Yeah, that bonkers one in Forza. Yeah. Yeah, that was a Formula 1 circuit okay, in wow. the 70s. Wow. Yeah, pretty much the same as it is in that game. Yeah. So the Nordschleife... It is a long track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Nordschleife, they call it the Green Hell. Mm-hmm. Um, it is incredibly dangerous. It's, it's something like 130. Oh, you said seconds. it was turn two? Did he? No, it was a second lap. Okay. Where, where did, I thought you don't have. It's called the Bergmeister Kink or something, is where the crash happened. Okay. There's like 130 turns. You're not going to know it. I'm trying to think of I'm trying to yeah. think of the track. It was a super high speed section. Is it the one that has that curved bank? That's the carousel, no. Okay. It was earlier in the lap than that. Yeah, but that's the track, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay. I'm, that's what I was trying to think of. I'm yeah. trying to think of the track. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's also the one that has that was like, massive straight. It was two versions that had the little chicanes yeah. in the straight or just the massive straight? No, that's Le Mans. Okay. The, so the Nürburgring has a GP circuit now, which is like a shorter track. Yeah, okay. And then you've got the Nordschleife, which is the big one. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got the one that has both as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, um, Lauda had lost most of his left ear as well as suffering burns to the right side of his head his eyebrows, and his eyelids. Oh, that's going to be painful. Right? He, burnt eyelids. He had burnt his lungs uh, and was considered unlikely to survive. So he's in a coma. He can still sort of tell what's going on around him, but um, he was so bad they gave him the last rites. Like a priest came in and gave him his last rites. That's two episodes in a row now. We've had someone given last rites yeah. and survived. I want to say he survived. Yes. Okay, yeah. Despite this, he was determined to return to the track. Oh, wow. And undertook some pretty gruesome treatment, including having his lungs vacuumed to remove the burnt tissue. Excuse me? Yeah. So, they show it in Rush. They basically stick like a vacuum tube down his throat into his lung and just like suck out all the gross stuff that's in there. And he's just like, with this thing, like sucking stuff out. Yeah. So, who plays Nicky in Rush? Is it? Can't remember. It's not Chris? No. Okay. He plays James. James. Okay. Yeah. He also had surgery to replace his eyelid. You can do that? Yeah. Apparently. Um, but he did not have anything else fixed. Um, so, he didn't have his ear fixed, didn't have his head fixed. So, he would go on to wear a cap for the rest of his career to cover the scarring and uh, even sold advertising space on the brim. Uh, best of a bad situation. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. So, insane that he survived, yeah. first of all. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. Yeah. Burnt lungs, like that's, well. Second. You need lungs to breathe. Yes, you do need lungs to breathe. Good job, boy. <laughs> Second, he's like conscious enough to be like, yeah, I want to get back racing. Yeah, well. So, post-Germany, Ferrari did not attend the next race in Austria, which would have been Lauda's home Grand Prix. Uh, and because Lauda wasn't racing, not many people turned up anyway. Um, Hunt didn't score a podium, but did score points. Uh, I think he finished Very, like probably, sixth or fourth. Yeah, pretty important. Just yep. Yeah. Um, the next race in the Netherlands came with news that Lauda planned to return to racing. And so, Ferrari were back, with Hunt managing to win the race, bringing the points difference down to 14 points. Um, so, how long in between these, like the... Netherlands and the Germany, German. 
it's like two weeks. Okay. Yeah. So they had the German Grand Prix, and then two weeks later they had Austria, and then yep. two weeks later they had the Netherlands, and Sorry. then two weeks later, so six weeks after his fiery near-death experience, Lauda returned to the field in Italy. That's ridiculous. He'd been determined to return and had done just that. Ferrari wasn't even prepared. They had to bring a third car because they'd given the contract to a guy to replace Lauda for the race. So Lauda rocks up. He's like, I want to race. And they're like, oh, okay. They had to bring a third car. So they had three cars racing. Mm. I didn't think that was a th- you could do that. Apparently it wasn't these days. Because okay. in Austria, they didn't, oh, sorry, in Netherlands, they only had one car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lauda still had bandages on his head and hadn't healed from his burns. Battling through the immense pain. Of course the- not. It's only six weeks later. <laughs> yeah. Third degree burns. Yeah. And he's chucking a helmet over the top. Ugh. So battling through the immense pain and the fact he had literal bloody bandages in his helmet, Lauda finished fourth while Hunt was disqualified for fuel irregularities. Not, not even that. Like, there'd be some mental things yeah. you'd have to get over, wouldn't you? He like, said he was terrified. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. That's a... Wow. Yeah. So he comes back, scores points. Hunt doesn't. Lauda's back. Season's back on. This guy's like walking around with bandages on his head, like bloody bandages because yeah. he's bleeding yeah. through them. He's got to change his bandages in the field. He's got- Part like, of the pit stop, whack the helmet off, change the bandages. They had to give him a special helmet. Oh, really? had to get a specially designed helmet so he was in less pain. Jeez. Yeah. Hunt would go on to win the next two races in Canada and the second US Grand Prix. Really coming home with a wet sail. Yeah. So if you, I looked up like a points graph that shows- yep. Like, the points throughout the season. Yeah, I love those, like, animated ones. Yeah. Yeah, I love those. And it's just, like, um, louder, just pulling away, pulling away, pulling away. And then the accident happens, and he flatlines, and Hunt just, like, shoots up towards him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Hunt wins in Canada and the US. Um, and louder was still recovering from his accident and was unable to score in Canada, but finished third in the US. So, what are we we're looking at points-wise now? This left just three points between the two. And how many races to go? One. And the difference between first and second is three points. So, at this point, Hunt needs to win. And then Lauda comes second, no tie. But Hunt would win because he would win six races where Lauda right. would only win five. So, they both need to win. Yeah. So, what's the difference between third and second? Three points? Uh, so, I think second. So, first is not, was nine. Yeah. Second was six. Yeah. Third was four. Okay. So, in Japan- right. one, one race to go in Japan. Is yeah. that the Yokohama? Uh, this was Fuji. Okay. Yeah. So, in Japan, Hunt qualified second with Lauda right behind in third. On race day, the weather was horrible, with heavy rain causing the Fuji circuit to be covered in water and visibility very poor. After Germany, more drivers had begun to understand the dangers of the sport and so were protesting the race altogether. Lauda- with the championship on the line, came into the pits at the end of the second lap of the race and retired, saying it was too dangerous to race and he would prefer to keep his life. Two other drivers retired. I mean, that's pretty That's pretty ballsy. Yeah, like, I know, right? Just to be like, no, nah, I've had enough. I mean, you've had a major, obviously you've had a major accident earlier yeah. on. Dangerous out there. Yeah. You're currently winning. And you're just like, no, I don't want to die. That's, yeah. that's props to him, man. That's, yeah, respect. Yeah. Hunt now had his fate in his own hands and led the race, but was soon challenged as his tyres began to wear. With just 11 laps left, he dropped a third as his tyres wore, which was still enough to win the championship. That's four points. He'd also broken his gear lever, so was suffering from wear on his hand as he changed gears with just the stick, no gear knob. Like, imagine if he took the gear knob off, it's just like a loose stick. Put a bit of thread on the end or something. Yeah. yeah. With just a few laps remaining, he suffered a puncture and had to pit. Hunt was now fifth, with only a few laps left. The fifth, not good enough. With louder out of the race, he has to finish third. Other drivers start suffering tyre wear, as he'd done just a few laps earlier. And with just two laps left, he passed two drivers to move into third position, crossing line to, f- to gain four points, enough to win the most amazing of championships. He didn't even know. He crossed the line, thought he hadn't won. He didn't know he'd passed two guys. He thought he'd only passed one. Oh, all right. Yeah, so he pulls in the pits. He's like, what's going on? Everyone's like, yes, you won. And he's like, what? And- ah, it's not really a win, no, mate. Retired. Yeah. It was too dangerous. But he came back from like 35 points down. So basically three races behind. It's a good effort. <laughs> You're it's a loud fan. I know. It's kind of like. I've, I've, I've put my flag in the ground. I'm, yeah. I'm with Nicky Lauder on that so one. Like, people asked him a lot after his career. They're like. Was that his you... only world champion win? Yeah. I mean, yeah, no. He's, he's, he did win a lot of races yeah. to get there. So, yeah. He won more him. races. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day. 
you know, they, they, if the point system was as it is now, Louder would win. So, why is that? That's uh, the way they've changed up the point system. Okay. So, first is worth more these days. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it's just, it would still be three points in it yeah, with yeah. today's point scoring, yeah. but there was one point in it back then. Um, so, yeah. I mean, people asked him, they're like, how do you feel about the fact that you only won because Louder got injured? And he's like, well, I did it. That's part of racing. Yeah. I did it. I scored the points I needed. I wasn't ahead. It wasn't it wasn't that he took him out and purposely injured him or yeah. anything like that. It's just that was that's what happened and the only time he was ahead in the championship was after the last race. Yeah, right. Hmm. The only time he was leading the championship was those was, two laps at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Hunt would continue racing for just three more years, having lost the drive and passion that propelled him to the top. While still competitive, he didn't get anywhere near the points he had in 1976, eventually leaving McLaren in 1979 to join another team. Oh, so he was with McLaren this whole time? Yeah, so from 1976 to 1978, he was okay. with McLaren. Yep. He joined another team in 1979, but they were crap. And so halfway through the season, he's like, nah, I just don't want to do this anymore. Just retired. Yeah. So halfway through the season, he just gave up. He's like, see ya. I think they had eight races and he only finished one of them. So, yeah. He would go on to become a commentator for the sport, Beloved for his charm and rebelliousness. Hot. Hot stuff. <laughs> he drank two bottles of wine during his first race commentating. So, by the end of the race, he's just like, his car cover through here. Oh, I need to see a YouTube video of that as well. I would love to find it. I couldn't find it today. Oh, really? Yeah. I would love to find it. It was just like, this is a car coming through. He was outspoken and knowledgeable, giving the fans exactly what they wanted. Like, this guy's lovable. Mm-hmm. In any interview you see with him, he's just charismatic, cool, Big hot, balls. Big balls. <laughs> big balls, hot boy. Just, he's just cool. Like, he is everything that you imagine a Formula One driver. Sounds like Aaron does have a crush. He's just cool. <laughs> Hunt, as a playboy, would have two wives divorce him before proposing to a third on 15th of June, 1993. He would sadly die of a heart attack in his sleep hours later. Oh, wow. At 45 years old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't end well for old Hunty. Wow. Yeah. So what happened to Lauda? Nikki. Lauda would continue to race for many years, eventually winning the world championship twice more. In 1977, so the year after 76, mm-hmm. and his third. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A year after the events that we're discussing today. <laughs> and his third after a comeback from retirement in 1984. So he retired. And then came back. Came back, won a championship for McLaren. Yeah, nice. Oh, yeah. For, for McLaren this yeah. time. Yeah, right. He's the only driver to ever win a, a championship for Ferrari and McLaren. Ferrari and McLaren. <laughs> he would go on to found an airline, Louder Air, which would sadly feature in an episode of my favourite show, Air Crash <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah. Louder was actually, like, torn up by the fact this crash happened. It wasn't, his, it wasn't the company's fault. It was, like, a problem with the plane. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, he was, like, reportedly super upset that it happened. Right, he ended up commentating as well, didn't he? No. Lauda would continue to be around Formula One, being an instrumental part in a number of teams, including his own. Most notably, he was part of the Mercedes Formula One team, which have dominated the sport for the last decade. He would pass in his sleep in 2019. I think, when I, when I, like I brought up that he was a commentator, I think I have seen little bits and pieces of what yeah. I've seen Formula One, like, the commentators going into the garage and interviewing mm. him, like... He was everywhere for a few years. Yeah. Like, um, when Mercedes started dominating in 2014, he was there. He was like a consultant. And um, it was really, like, the world of Formula One had sort of moved on. You know, like, it just, it goes. You know, if you're not if you're not at the front, people forget you and, and it moves on. But Lauda was just this, like, character. He's a, like, yeah. really funny guy. Really straight talking. Like, doesn't care for any of the nonsense. Scarred. Like, horrifically scarred. Yeah. And um, obviously that doesn't go away. Yeah. And like the Mercedes team loved him and everyone on the grid loved him. Ferrari loved him. So when he passed, it was like this big deal. And it happened just before the Monaco Grand Prix. So Mercedes had like a special livery on their car. A couple of drivers had special helmets. Um, They had like black armbands for the whole event for everyone. It was like a massive deal when he passed away. Drivers were so upset. Everyone was crying. Um, Yeah. He was like a big deal in Formula One. You looking him up? Yeah. I'm trying to look him up. Yeah. Just to get the mental image of. Who I would have seen. Yeah. Yeah, that is the bloke I seen. Yeah. The scarring's pretty bad, isn't it? Um, back when he was racing, yeah. Yeah. Have a look at him before he got burnt, if you can find it. Yeah, no, I do remember seeing 
um, that, that yeah. is the guy would have seen, they would have went down and talked to him and mm. he was very, um, like you said, knowledgeable and- mm. And no nonsense. Is that before? Or was that from the movie? I think that's real life. Doesn't really look like a rat. Nah, because he had buck teeth, like little teeth that pointed out. Called him the rat and then the super rat and then the king rat. Is that after one of the, the bloody bandage yeah. race? Yeah. yeah. Right. It's just insane, isn't it? Yeah, no, that is definitely the guy I would have seen in yeah. the garage to interview yeah. him. Like, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's 1976 Formula uh, Louder V Hunt. Yeah, very, very interesting. Very good. Mm. Um, there's a lot of history to the, that sport, isn't there? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things that you could talk about. but um, Like the introduction of the halos and stuff like that. That was yeah. That was a major yep. incident in the history of the sport too, wasn't mm. it? Just another example of like safety. You know, like someone just got bonked on the head by a tractor and died. And so they're like- It's a bit more serious than bonked Well, yeah, but like- yeah, it's it just, yeah, Formula One is one of those sports where it seems like they react a lot to yeah. things happening. Like this Grand Prix, they had a quarter of the marshals they were supposed to have and they're like, eh, go ahead. And then something, something happens happened. and they're like, mm, let's never race here again. Yeah. And um, like, sadly, that's the story of, of a lot of things. I think motorsport in general is, has a very similar story yeah. where- Reactive rather reactive. than proactive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this season, just like the ups and downs, the fact that like- Hunt was so far behind and then just rallied and came back. And yep. he, he really didn't score that many points while Lauda was out. It was only like nine points. So, to come back when Lauda was still there yep. and like charge through and win the championship just like by the skin of his teeth at the yeah, last literally like race. literally like the last lap. Yeah, two laps from the end yep. in the pissing rain. Just, yeah, crazy. But, um, yeah, that's it. What'd you think? Uh, it makes me want to go- Watch the movie. Great movie. Go, Good record. Go yeah, go, yeah. Go, go. Now that I know the story, I might be yeah. able to appreciate the movie a bit better. They dramatize the rivalry a bit. Of course they do. Yeah. They make it more like they hated each other. They yeah. didn't. But um, surprisingly accurate. Yeah. No, it definitely yeah. makes me want to go see that movie. So if mm-hmm. you're interested in this story's piqued your interest. Piqued. Um, go have a watch. The movie was called Rush. Rush. Starring Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Starring. Directed by... Nicky Lauder. No. The red-headed guy from Happy Days. Ron Howard. Ron Howard. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. No, it was interesting. Like, I know you're a massive Formula One fan. Formula uh. Um, I'm not really into it. I no. don't mind watching highlights every now and again, but- Yeah. It's good when- I know you and Cheesy talk about it all the time. Cheesy's going to be frothing this episode, isn't he? <laughs> there you go, mate. That one's for you. A little bit bringing him up earlier, but- I thought about it when I was writing it too, and then just completely forgot. Right, yeah. So, um, afterthought, <laughs> just cut this in at the start. You're yeah, Cheesy's going gonna love this episode, man. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I haven't said anything funny yet. I haven't even started the story. I don't know what it is. Uh, well, that's the checkered flag on this story. Ah, there it is. Hey. <laughs> Who won this race? The rat, <laughs> the frog. Yeah, so hit us up on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram if you want to see John race a rat. <laughs> I want that to happen more than I want to breathe tomorrow. Oh, man. I'm just going to have a piece of cheese. The rat's going to come straight to me. <laughs> Got him. You lose. Got him. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, um, jump on our, our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter. Um, get a cat. Get a cat. Get a chat get going. A, get a cat. I'm looking at my cat. Get a cat. They're great. Get a cat. They're good. Get a cat. Yeah. They're good fun. Um, yeah, hit us, up on, <laughs> hit us up on the socials. Send us pictures of your new cat. <laughs> like and subscribe go find a cat podcast no um, we would really appreciate if you could like and subscribe um, on your platform of choice share the podcast with a friend share it to two friends please especially if they enjoy Formula One yep. they will enjoy this episode they will and then if they enjoy this one I recommend going back and uh, sharing the 1904 Olympics it's still a great story that was story. a banger of a story still yeah. a great story and Battle of Midway it's our most popular give it a listen over 100 listens now. Over 100 the, listens. Hit the triple, triple digits. Digis. Trippy digits. Yeah, so that's uh, that's us. Give us a listen, give us a share, and uh, we will thanks be for, back. Thanks for joining us. Speak to you next time for John's episode. Yes, my episode. All right, see you later. <laughs>
that my <laughs> cat is trying to murder has bailed up in the corner. When I, when I say murder, she's going to toy with it for about two hours and then decide yeah. to kill it when it can't really move on its own accord anymore. Did I tell you about the half a gecko I found once? No. It was the, the front half. I was like, oh, this gecko has been torn in half. That's sad. Was it still moving? It was still moving. It was the most gruesome thing I've ever seen. Just pick it up, Brie. I think she's trying. Although she keeps making this noise. It's a hopper. It's a frog and it's yeah. a hopper. Oh, don't cut. She's carrying it uncovered. She's going to hop out. It's going to hop in the hold. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> little bit. Little bit. Uh, and the sippy cup. Thank you very much. Doesn't seem like there's a lot in there. Is that it? <laughs> are these new coasters? I was going to say, are these new coasters? Are you just having two beers? No, you're allowed to have this beer when you graduate from Sippy Cup. <laughs> I was going to say, is, is the coast, um, the coolers a bit of a dig or is it just coincidence? The coolers? Mm. No, this I actually have family <laughs> called the Smiths yeah, and right. they did genuinely get married. It's not, I didn't just find a stock photo and put it on the oh, side. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but now that you say it, um, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Cheers, boy. Cheers, boy. Sippy Enjoy. <laughs> Thanks, Chloe, for the Sippy Cup. Uh, actually, correction, it was Chloe and Jazz. Okay, Chloe and Jazz, uh, thanks for the sippy cup. Thank I've been you. waiting about six weeks to correct that from when we initially got the sippy <laughs> yeah. cup. I got After to work Sean the next Bumper. day. Yeah, I got, got to work the next day and uh, Chloe's like, it wasn't just me, it was Jazz's idea. I was like, oh no, we're so far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the one time. Yeah, we were six weeks ahead in episodes. All right, ready for the... That is the sound of John drinking through his sippy cup. <laughs> That's a little bit for you. <laughs> a little bit. Here you go, boy. You've graduated to full beer. And immediately spill. I swear to God, if you spill it. <laughs> little bit. Little bit.